2: Hello and welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast for the week of February 4th, 2018. My name is Ron Herkins Jr. and I am here with my co-host Valerie Vidmar. Hello. And Tony Carter. Hello. We are your cultural media recommendation podcast, giving you our take on what we think is worth carving out your time for, and also what we think you can pass on, and maybe go cut that lawn instead. Warning, there may be spoilers ahead. Today, we are gonna talk about the news that we care about, like the Oscars, we're going to go into our recommendations of the week, where Tony will discuss Nightcrawler, Valerie discusses Ladybird and I will talk about hostiles, and we'll give you our opinions whether they are See It, Skip It, or Save It for a Rainy Day. Today, stew brings us into the dangers of violence without consequence, and that'll stew over into our weekly media, which is The Divines. And then we'll wrap it up with what's on our radar and what's in our queue.
0: So with that said, let's bring us into the news. Okay, so this week, the uh, Jessica Jones Season 2 dropped an announcement. It's coming out March 8th. That's exciting. I am super excited for Jessica Jones. I loved Season 1. I love David Tennant
2: and pretty much anything he's in. Um, so I know he's coming back for Season 2. So I'm interested to see how they're going to play with his role, whether it's just in her mind or if he's actual physical incarnation.
1: She's the one that got me into the whole superhero thing.
0: Into the Marvel. hmm And we also have Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer dropped this week, too. Another one I'm excited for. I, can't I
1: could say. care less about that one. Why? Sorry. I didn't even see the I didn't see the first one. Ant-Man. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see it. Should I? Yes. You probably should. It's funny. Okay.
2: In terms of the Marvel movies, it's the ones that kind of went into the comedy sphere in terms of Marvel, and uh, I think it did it well. I didn't know what to expect with Paul Rudd mm-hmm. as Ant-Man, and I'm glad that they casted him as Ant-Man. Hey,
1: Rock Chalk, he's a KU grad, University of Kansas. It's just like chair.
0: And Michael Douglas is in the film, too. So there you go. Mm. Hmm? Mm. No? Okay. Well, moving on. Also, sadly, uh, The Temptations. Dennis Edwards, the former leader, died this week. He was 74. And let's get to the Oscars now.
1: All righty. Um,
0: Yeah, the Oscar nominations came out this week.
1: How do you feel about them? Do you feel okay about what was Best Picture nominated Nominated for Best Picture? I'm feeling... I've seen everything except for I have Darkest Hour and Phantom Thread left. It looks like uh, I'm happy with Call Me By Your Name. I was very happy about that. And uh, Dunkirk, I think we were all all pretty happy about that. Get Out is not a surprise. Yeah. the post. I'm not happy with that one. Uh, the Shape of Water. Happy, three billboards. Anybody? I'm know?
0: still. Not if I liked it. I'm not sure if I'm happy. It got enough love, so. You, I
1: mean, you didn't think it got enough love?
0: I don't think so. I think it could have gotten more. I think Martin could have gotten a director nod. Just yes, he yeah, could have.
1: Yeah. Which, yeah, that was unfortunate.
0: So we had some snubs. Uh, Logan. Yes,
2: I'm very upset that Logan was in there. I mean, I'm always rooting every year for. A, you mean in Best Picture? Yes, I'm always rooting for a superhero Marvel movie, or not just Marvel movie, but a superhero movie, to break through into the Best Picture category. Um, just because they're mythological movies, and a lot of them are done well, and I think because of simply of them being superhero movies, they are often overlooked. Um, and the one I think got the greatest overlook this year was definitely Logan. I liked Logan. I thought it was a phenomenal movie that deserved to be in the best picture category. That Mm -hmm. is my take on that. It did get the screenwriting nod, which was great for it. It deserved it. I think if something's going to get a screenwriting nod, then most, most of the time it should also be getting a best picture nod.
0: And we also had Woody Harrelson's was snubbed for supporting actor. I think that three billboards was what
1: best work to date. I paid. totally agree. And I was very upset about that. I, yeah, that was,
0: I love Sam a lot. I really do. But I think that, uh, I really think that what he should have been nominated to, it could have been a nice little fight there. A little scuffle. Who are you
1: going to take out? If you're going to put him in. Hmm. Hmm supporting
0: let me get back to you on that one
2: wait are you saying who else was nominated
0: in the supporting
1: wait 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 wait. you're saying you felt like Woody should have been
0: nominated for best supporting actor he
1: is is he yes my bad you're bad that's what I was saying (laughs) what oh you want my paper it it is only the week of Oscar nominations we haven't really dug into we'll dug in a little deeper but this is why print out this is why printouts help
2: they
0: do
1: See, there he is. That's why I was like, oh. But he is there.
0: Oh, he is there. See? That's okay. But Sam's going to win, which he shouldn't. But yeah, I mean, I love Sam. I do. (laughs) It's just I feel that Sam just played racist, and they're giving him an Oscar for playing racist, which they do a lot, and they shouldn't.
1: But, you know. I haven't seen some of these, so I have. I feel like I can't. I feel like if I haven't seen all the pictures... I, I can't make
0: a judgment. But. And we have Lego Batman snub, which was so much better than <sighs> Baby Boss. But... Uh, <laughs> I cringe
2: every time I see Baby Boss roll down the screen. And now that it has an Oscar nomination attached to its name, the movie was just horrid.
0: Who was in the movie? I Was it Alec? Alec, Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. Is it because yeah.
2: Alec was in it? Yeah, and oddly enough, Hans Zimmer scored it, but the best piece of score was not done by Hans Zimmer. There's a uh, sequence in there that was done by uh, another composer that Hans brought in to do, and that is actually the best piece of scoring in there, and it's actually really good.
0: And Ron loves Hans, so there you go.
1: I also, oh, you know what? For the support, I'm sorry I'm interrupting again. This is going to be something that I do a lot. Um, That army Hammer. Wasn't nominated. That is a snub for me.
2: That's a big snub. He's That's coming call along. Me, call
1: He's me. He, yeah, call me by your name.
2: So yeah, Baby Boss definitely shouldn't have been in Best Animated um, Category. Lego Batman definitely should have.
0: And there was another one. Um, Wonder Woman was nowhere to be seen at all this year. In Didn't the, we need now. to see it? Wonder Woman was good. It's a good superhero film. I mean, not even best director, not even... This right?
1: is going to be the superhero Super- podcast, I can tell.
2: No, not quite. No, not no. quite. I, I just, I kind of wonder where would Wonder Woman fit in? I don't know. Where Where would be a nomination for her to be put in? It was a great movie. It was well done. Uh, it's a tough list to break. I mean, I would have, I mean... It's got CGI in it, so maybe it could have gone on the best
0: animated. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I just think, uh, give me, like, saying, hey, we appreciated your work this year. You did something awesome. Best director, even. I Let's mean, just... move on
1: to a real Wonder Woman. I'm going to just do that. I am. Um, that was you know, better sorry. than Linda Carter on TV. Listen, moving on. <laughs> Gosh. Um, um, yeah, Rachel Morrison for Mudbound, the cinematographer. Yeah. So mm-hmm. first time a woman has been nominated for a cinematographer
2: love mudbound i've already talked about that uh, Ward, i love so it so cinematographer awesome. it's great
1: so that's one of the
2: few movies out there that makes you feel like you're living with them i mean it just it yeah. feels dirty you feel
1: yeah they downtrodden it, it, was, it was a great that's great so if you haven't seen that
0: watch it there's also some surprises denzel washington was nominated again and i love denzel a lot but is that really a surprise? <laughs> it's just they needed a filler. I said we can't get Franco nod because of his issues, so or let's... just
1: because of who he is in general. I think he was gonna get it nod. I but... know. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I haven't seen the movie.
0: <laughs> but Roman J Israel, Denzel, no. I mean Denzel could have won a couple of times if it weren't for politics in the Academy. But Hurricane, Malcolm X, but the timing wasn't right, I guess. So
1: I know, but he got his makeup Oscar.
0: Yeah, he did. He did, so I'll give you that. He'll be and fine. And Chris Plummer mm-hmm. love the guy. No,
2: is, was he is he on there for uh, all the money in the world? He is the the one that he came in at the last <laughs> at minute and saved the last last film minute and filmed within two weeks. Yeah, uh, Kevin, I think that was just a thank you for your for service. <laughs> thank you for replacing Kevin Spacey on short notice. Right. I'm happy to go. see Richard Jenkins on here.
0: I love that man.
1: Richard Jenkins is he's such fantastic actor and he's in so many movies where nobody knows who he is you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah I was happy to see him in the sporting role but yeah I guess they had to do Daniel Day-Lewis since this is going to be his last movie. I haven't yeah. seen the movie,
0: though. Well, I'll see it this week. It's just, I don't know if he's... I mean, I get why he wants to retire, but I don't really believe it. Uh, yeah, I think he's just going to take like a time Is like a share
1: off. retirement?
0: He's going to take some time okay. off, and he'll come back.
1: I'm back, I'm back.
0: I'm I mean, back. Lincoln drained him. I did hear that Lincoln drained him a lot. and He, he throws himself into
2: roles pretty in-depth way yeah. more than a lot of other actors do. So, I mean... I've been on stage for bit rolls, and I know how much it drains you just mm-hmm. doing those. And
1: It's like Joaquin after Cash. I mean, he didn't win, and so he was just done.
2: But he's not a good out there.
1: But, um,
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anything else in the news? I think that's... No, bit. I'm good. Okay, I'm good. well, that's going to wrap up our news. We're going to roll into the recommendation list. Each of us picks a movie that we've seen, and we're going to go through and tell you our opinion on it. If we've seen it, we'll also chime in and then whether you recommend it as a see it, skip it, or save it for a rainy day. Up first is Tony and Nightcrawler.
0: So this was directed by Dan Gilroy and starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Rene Russo, and Bill Paxton. I think it was a good movie. I mean, I was surprised by it. Like There was some really good cinematography by, let's see, what did I have here? I think his name is Robert Elswit. So, he's a good cinematographer, did a very good job in that role. The acting was phenomenal. Um, Jake Jonal actually surprised me in the film. He lost some weight and looked really gaunt, kind of coyote like in a scary, creepy this way. Is
2: when did this movie come out?
1: Terrible. I, yeah, I saw the movie and cannot remember what it was about.
0: Okay, so Nightcrawler is about a guy who's a con man who. Basically, he wants to make money, and he sees it by chasing oh, right. car accidents and okay. crime reports. So he's listening on his caller, you know, crime caller, I guess, what do you call it? CB radio? Crime listening to emergency <laughs> calls, and he races to the scene with his camera and records it, and then sells it to the news for money. I remember. There are people who do this for a living, um, and he wasn't getting what he wanted right away, so he started doing some things he shouldn't have done, and slowly but surely, he rose to the top, and... Became successful. So it's like an American dream story, but with (laughs) some pilots. What are some of the
2: highlights out of the film that, you know, caught your attention?
0: Well, he, uh, spoiler alert, uh, he uh, seduces slash manipulates the news producer, Renee Russo, into buying his footage and only using him. So he says, I know you're older. I know your career is kind of careening out of control.
1: But I look like how I look. Yeah. This is going to be easy for me.
0: But let me manipulate you into being my mistress last my cash cow. So it was kinda
1: of creepy. It's just weird. When did when
2: did the movie come out? How long ago? I mean is it recent? Is it's it It's
0: like I was saying it's decade. So I would say probably two thousand fourteen okay. or so. I can check that out. I think
2: I ran across it on Netflix and yeah, I just it's not, never yeah. watched it. I'd-
1: it's somewhat recent in the last five years.
0: Okay. I saw it by accident. I said, Jake, you keep calling my name. And I need to listen <laughs> to your call. And I was ignoring it. And I said, well, I'm bored. So let's see what happens. And oh, I watched there's it. There's a movie
1: that you should see of his. And I'll have to come up with that in a second.
0: But go ahead. But I, you know, I waited for Rainy Day to watch it. But I should have watched it right away. So I would say see that. See it? Yes. Okay.
1: Did you already say you saw it on Netflix?
0: I saw it on Amazon Prime and Netflix. They kind of swap. They go, hey, Netflix has it, and then, no, we don't. Then Amazon picks it up. It's kind of weird. So
2: currently it's on Amazon
0: Prime? Correct.
2: Okay. Cool. Awesome. All right, so Valerie, you watched?
1: I watched, uh, I saw two movies, actually. I saw Lady Bird, uh, and I also saw Itania. I am not going to speak about... I tell you today, but okay. I will put my review on, uh, I was going to, but after seeing Lady Bird, I will say that when I walked out, I was kind of, I kind of almost didn't like it, but now that it's set with me for a while and I can think about the, uh, mother daughter relationship and, and, you know, a lot of people are saying this mother is, it's I could relate to both parts. It basically it takes place in two thousand two in Sacramento, in, in fact, it even uh, has like the first thing you see is a Joan Didion quote um, about Sacramento. And we have Lady Bird, which is what she is wanting people to call her name. is Christine, um, and she's in high school. She's a senior. She says she's on the wrong side of the tracks, which you'll find out is probably not the, the nicest thing to say. Uh, and it's about her kind of moving through this time of her life. She's trying to figure things out. Obviously, I can tell by her hair. I mean, when women go through things, we change our hair. We put color in our hair. I, I do it all the time. Um, figuring her heart out. She's, she's with a couple of guys. Um, I don't know if we want to do spoilers or not, but I'm just saying. Talk
2: about whatever you want. We have a warning at the beginning. Okay. (laughs) I can drop in and out anytime.
1: Um, Her first boyfriend is gay, but she doesn't find that out, obviously, until she catches him kissing another guy. And that really throws her through a loop. I didn't particularly see that one storyline as something that jumped out at me. I kind of clung on to the mother-daughter relationship, how they spoke to one another. There's a car scene, which I think they show all the time. Um, in the trailer, etc. And it has the mother saying pretty horrible things to her daughter, you're not gonna get into this college. You know, she says, the daughter saying, I wanna move somewhere that has culture. I wanna move to New York City. And uh, when you're a kid saying that you wanna get out and you wanna move somewhere, um, I can see as a, a parent now that in a way it's seen as even though I chose to raise you here, you want to escape and go somewhere where there's culture, meaning there's no culture where we are. And these are stinging things to hear as a mother. I mean, to hear that your daughter wants to leave, um, and then she's trying to, to break out in all these different ways. I, Lady Bird is not a, uh, perfect angel, by far. I thought that some of the things that she did and said were pretty cruel, but both she and her mother say cruel things throughout the film, although they're not cruel people. The first um, s- shot of the mom, in fact, who... Lori McLaurin. Thank you, thank you, oh, thank you. Lori Metcalf. Two. Laurie Metcalf and then Cersei Ronan is Lady Bird, um, Lori Metcalf's character, the first shot is, no, she's giving somebody at her work, she works at um, a hospital, something for their baby. You know, she thinks of other people every time they have her um, in the grocery store or any type of store. They show what a good person she is. Everybody likes her. Um, her daughter's the only one that doesn't like her, but she's giving the one, she's, Her daughter's what's getting her wrath. But a lot of that is hurt. I'm just letting you know that anger is not a true feeling. It's covering up something else. Um, So I feel that as a woman seeing it and being a mother now, I have, I related to the mother character at times. I related to the daughter, of course, in different parts of your life. I don't know how. Men see this, if they see it, it's just complete, like, this is annoying, and they're fighting back and forth, and this is ridiculous, um, but I will say, I mean, I have uh, an eight-year-old daughter, and it is, she just has a different relationship between, with me than she does her dad, we just, you know, come to, yeah, we just bank hands for her, so.
2: Oh, I see that all the time, I grew up with two older sisters, and... That's all they did is just argue with each other and also argue with my mom. But But we're close. But, yeah, they're close. And then, you know, I've got two daughters, and they interact with me completely different than they do with their mom. They're always constantly butting heads with mom, with me. It's just a normal relationship to me. They showed (laughs) that
0: very well, actually, in the movie. Tracy Latt's character, the father, was very in tune with his daughter's needs. Not that Laurie's character was not, but... It showed the father's compassion and understanding of what his daughter needed. The mother, I mean, I'll be honest with you, my mom's probably going to hate this, but my mom and I had that kind of relationship growing up where we were at Spar verbally. Not to that cruelness, but kind of that, like, you're not taking what I'm giving you seriously. You're not understanding the sacrifices I made for you growing up. And she, my mom made a lot of them. So watching this movie kind of resonated with me that parents make a lot of sacrifices, and I have kids of my own too so I'm seeing what I'm doing to let my daughter and my son who's coming what I'm doing stopping myself from doing to make sure they have a future right and it's very realistic I mean I felt some of the zingers were just there for haha look I'm clever I'm very clever but uh Greta's a good writer and I liked watching the movie just
1: what did you have a problem with? I felt, you, you mentioned there but, was something she should not have known I just, better.
0: I felt like she's, the music for me, actually, when seeing the music in the movie, the music took me out of it a couple of times. And I knew I grew up in that time. I mean, I was in high school, ended in the early Audis or 2000s. So Dave Matthews and Crimea River, all that music was always played. So she had a mixtape and she used it, but the music... Took me out of it to the point where it's like, look, I'm playing this sappy music because it's a sad moment, or hey, I'm playing playing this. Peppy no, but music. Dave
1: Matthews had. He did. But that was that was the point. But she it took me out re- of it? It relates with her good friend when they're sitting there crying mm-hmm. over it, and then after she's uh, actually says oh, hor- she's horrible things. That's the only thing, Lady Bird. But she hears her mother say horrible things, so it's one of those things where there's abandonment issues all over this place. I mean. The mother starts to feel abandoned because she's thinking her daughter's wanting to leave. And then uh, she stops talking to her because she does find out that she's leaving. And then the daughter feels abandoned because her mother has completely stopped talking to her. I cried like a baby at the end.
0: Well, what I've discovered growing up now, I'm in my 30s, is that my mom didn't want me to go away because she frankly reached that point where... I was an adult and I could be her friend and I hate yeah. to say this. My mom actually won't like me saying this, but my mom doesn't have a lot of friends. I mean, she has my dad as her best friend. They're married, of course, that's but, good. you know, growing up when we we're now adults, she wants her children around her and she wants to be like equals and say, sure. Hey, you're a friend of mine now. So if you're going away, I won't have you around. And I, I can see you.
1: I think that happens all the time.
0: But that's what it really is. is. I now can be your friend for real. And I won't have you around anymore because you're going away. And that's what my mom was dealing with with me and going to college. And I stayed local at NAS, but I felt if I actually did go away to New York City or Toronto to go to school, she would have been like, where are you going? Why are you leaving me? And
1: You're not going to talk about any of these feelings that you're having, Ron?
0: I had
2: my feelings away.
1: Yeah. There's an issue <laughs> I, there, <that> too. There's <laughs> something going on there, too. There's something going on.
2: Um, <laughs> I did not see Lady Bird. It was on my schedule of things to see sometime during December, but I did not get there. Um, and I probably won't see it until it comes out on video at this point.
1: Call me after.
2: What's your recommendation here?
1: See it. See it.
2: See it? Mm-hmm. Rush to the theater and see it before it leaves? Or...
1: It's yes, actually, I think you can see it. I think you can stream it now. Is that right? No, um, not, no yeah, not, it yet, yet. not yet. Okay. Soon. I would... Um, I would rush to see it if you care about seeing all the movies before. But as far as the way it was shot, you don't need to see it um, in the movie theater on a big screen. You can wait till it comes to, you know what I mean? Streaming you or You can DVD. watch it in a nice intimate setting yes, at Yes, you home can. And I think where you maybe well, you, can <laughs> you can scream or cry. You can scream in your pillow. I'm your... telling you, I wanted to go pick up my girls. As soon as I, the movie was over, I wanted to go pick up my girls from school and hug them and just like have this... Mommy-daughter day.
0: That's a common response mothers and daughters have had. A lot of moms and daughters cried and made phone calls. And oh. Greta claims that, hey, this is not biographical. But I'm like, Greta, come, yeah, on. It come on. It is. It is. Stop let's, it.
1: Let's go there.
2: Well, I mean, what what's the adage? You know, write about the stuff you know. Right. makes a better film. makes a better story. You know, you, you ground stuff with you that has meaning. You're going to put a... It's going to be a little bit more raw. So, I mean, you see what happens when people write about stuff that they really don't know. It comes out and turns out to be a really terrible movie. <laughs> well,
0: you, I
1: like it, the fact that she's showing the mother as a kind person and people in her life are saying, yes, yeah, she's a good person. Yes, yeah, she's a warm person. Hey, she took me in when my mother threw me out. Um, she keeps hearing it from other people. She can't see it, but she's getting, She's getting the worst of her, and it's and it's because of the herd, and it's because of the closeness. Honestly, the closeness can bring that stuff out.
0: My mom always said that she had higher expectations for me, which is why she treated me so not cold, but that cool. Like you can take it, and your siblings can't. I have an older brother and younger sister, so you can take that.
1: Yeah, they can't do it. Well, no. the vision. I want. I I want to have you, you have the vision, see the vision of yourself. And she said, "What if this is the vision?" That as a parent, you have to separate. It's gonna be hard for me. My vision for you versus your vision for yourself. And uh, I think that she is getting those things confused. So it's hard It's hard to be a kid and it's hard to be a parent. I think that is, yeah.
2: So Valerie says see it. Anthony is
0: on the fence. I would say wait, you can wait for DVD. I mean, it was a good movie. I had higher expectations for Greta, I believe really did. It's just I wish she would uh
1: had a better make more. soundtrack. Yeah,
0: and make more movies. She this is her freshman film, so she has more to go. she's
1: pre, uh, for her freshman film she's done pretty damn well.
0: She's been studying for years her
1: And that's fine. Yeah. And she released it and now she's now she can move nominated on. for how many awards this thing. She's done. I think she did a pretty damn good job. Just saying. Just okay. saying. Moving on. So I'm going to talk
2: about Hostiles. I am a huge Christian Bale fan. He's one of the very few that if he puts out a movie, I'll pretty much go go and watch it. He's been a very consistent actor throughout his career. Um, And this is actually his second Western that he has been in. His first Western was 310 to Yuma, which I'll talk about in a second. Good movie.
0: What's that? Good movie.
2: uh, Yes. Very good movie. Um, so Hostiles, uh, he plays a um, army captain, um, Joseph Blocker, who is basically on his way out. He's getting ready to, to end. They're out in the um, Arizona territories and along where the Indian territories are at that time. And he's on his way out, and he's given one last thing to do, and it's a directive basically directly from the President. And that's to take this Cheyenne War Chief all the way back up to Montana. Wyoming, Montana range, and deliver him back to his tribal land. And so it follows this army captain, Christian Bale, who has had a history of being very brutal to Indians through his time out there. I mean, they go into pretty uh, distinct descriptions as to the brutality. Um, And he is tasked with taking this war chief who has done explicitly violent things as well um and they team them up together and basically a dog and show pony once soon as they get out of the um the little town where the camp was they basically put them all back in shackles and start driving them up and you have this initial conflict between uh, christian bale's character and the very silent war chief and them trying to uh come together but at this catalyst for everything else that's going to happen it opens up with rosamund pike and her family uh, getting attacked by a Comanche party, and the Comanche party sets fire to their house, kills the two daughters, kills the husband in brutal fashion, and Rosamund Pike finds a way to get through. Um, and in the process, she's holding her baby, and the baby was shot, oh, and it basically screws up with Rosamund Pike. And as the party that's moving the Cheyenne war chief up. Uh, Catches uh, up. They come across this scene and they meet up with Rosamund Pike and basically the disturbing mess that she is and everything that comes along with losing your baby, losing your family. And the rest of the story basically deals with them confronting the Comanches, dealing with that, coming at peace with the the Cheyenne war chief and the two main characters, the Cheyenne war chief and Christian Bale coming to peace with each other and the history that they both have because they know that they're not going to make it to their destination which would be taking them back to their tribal land without actually coming together um it's a very sadly brutal film i mean to watch the heartache and like half of the almost everybody in his party that he brings along with him the army people are all killed by the time they reach the next stop and then he gets a couple more and then they're all killed by the time they reach the final scene. And so it's just death after death, after death, after death. And you know, the final scene on it, you know, you you never think, you know, what's going to be the resolution on something as deep as this. And to me, I think the whole thing was just about people coming from many different backgrounds and many different hardships and trying to find out where they fit in. With that said, don't recommend the film
1: where did you see it
2: I saw it at AMC theaters um, opening night I had lost track of this film um, I kind of caught a whiff of it November ish I saw a trailer for it and then I lost it I like what was the name of the film I couldn't find it and you know simple Christian Bale Google, Google Christian Bale Western and it would have come up but I just for some reason I lost track of it
1: hmm.
2: and then around Christmas I'm like there's a Christian Bale movie coming out and I cannot remember where it is. And all of a sudden here we are in the middle of January and there's a trailer for it and it was in limited release. So it's not everywhere. Um, okay. But is it here? It was here. I don't even think it's in theaters anymore. I think it maybe lasted one week, two week here. Um, that happens. It's just, it's a very, very small movie. I mean, there's nothing big out of it. Um, I must say that I love Christian Bale as in the Westerns. I think he is one of the few actors today that can pull off handling western well. Um and oddly enough, he one of the co-support or the supporting actors in here was Ben Foster. Ooh. Um surprised the hell out of me because Ben Foster was also in 310 to Yuma, which was the first time I ever saw Ben Foster and it was 10 years since 310 to Yuma was released. But at the end of the day, um And there's a lot of deep stuff you can pull from this. To me, it was just like, there's a lot of death. It's a lot of death. It's a lot of death. I mean, pretty much everybody that starts out the film is not at the end of the film um, in a very, very sad way. Um, But if you want to see a much superior film to this one, go watch 310 to Yuma. Um, I liked it much better. It's got Russell Crowe, Christian Bale, and Ben Foster. It's a remake. It's a it is a remake of a very good movie as well, um, but I think this one that succeeds where this one doesn't. I think Christian Pale's character in this is very very one sided, and for him to come over to where he does, he basically comes back to the middle. He doesn't one hundred percent make a a one eighty in the film, um, but it, it's grounded in reality. You know, there's a lot of things that we don't know about. Those yeah. people at the turn of the century and the hardships they had to go through. You know, and these guys were Civil War guys that they started out, you know, the, one of the characters mentions that he was 14 when he killed his first person. And it, that's all he's been doing his whole life is killing people. And he just becomes numb to it. And in contrast to that is another guy who gets put on assignment with them and he's never killed anybody. He ends up killing his first person. And they hit. he comes down to him and says, you know, I don't want to become numb. I don't want to ever come to that point, but that guy later gets killed. So it's like completely (laughs) mute. It's like you make (laughs) this great point and then you go and kill the character later. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'd say skip it or I'm on the fence with leaving it for rainy day. I mean, there's nothing to it that I'd say, Hey, you got to watch this film. Christian Bale's performance is pretty mediocre for a Christian Bale film. It's got strong performance by Ben Foster, but it's Ben Foster and Ben Foster mode
1: yeah i don't need any more just watching movies for just sadness and heartache and all
2: right with that we're going to take a short break and we will be right back and welcome back Today, we are going to go into our stew. Our stew is where we kind of talk about something for a little bit, and sometimes it'll tie into our Media of the Week, sometimes it won't. Today, Tony had the topic for today.
0: So I was wondering about violence in movies in general, about the consequences. So I thought, is it dangerous to depict violence without consequences?
1: Is it dangerous to whom?
0: Audiences. The world, people, young ones. I mean, it's broad. But I mean, I was watching violent movies when I was like eight, and I shouldn't have been, but my dad said, Here, watch.
1: I was watching, that. enjoy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean,
2: I
0: mean, some of my earliest
2: memories are watching violent Poltergeist and Rambo. Not even Rambo. I was like, Hell. I remember Hellraiser watching I that when Hellraiser. I was a little kid. Like, so I was very numb to. Violence at a young age. So I mean, seeing somebody get shot or killed or ripped apart in a movie never really does much to me. And I think a lot of that has to deal with the way it's brought into the movie,
0: right?
1: I will say that I also was I was brought up. I remember sitting on my tennis lap watching uh, a Clint Eastwood film, and we would. I mean, and I was young, probably six. Or five or six and we would just count the deaths like that was one of the things we did it's, it's a warm memory for me no um but i saw lots of i movies. used to count the bullets that's wow. really that's, okay. that's, that's hard but i mean I, we watched rambo i i mean i watched tons of stuff and um i remember things that i would take my mom to and she was just you know it would bother her and i'm thinking thinking like pulp fiction didn't bother me at all. However, uh, seeing Wolverine, not Wolverine, just kidding, Logan, I remember thinking, wow, this is really violent. And it bothers me more. I don't know if it's because I have little girls. I don't know. But I will say that violence does bother me more now than it used to.
0: My wife was watching uh, Saving Private Ryan with me and the opening Normandine scene. When it was over, she said, my stomach hurts. And I don't know if she was clenching the whole time or just all that.
2: I think there's something to be said when violence is rooted in truth. Yeah. You know, But something that's completely fake. A guy with, you know, uh, three claws on his hands goes and rips up 15 people in a hallway. You're not, you're going to be like, oh yeah, that's just kind of cool. And you're just going to let it throw off. But when... Logan came around, it was very different. It was very rooted in a struggle. Knew you knew him, you knew his background and everything. But when it comes to something like Saving Private Ryan, you're like, well, this is history. This is somebody trying to make as close to history as we can possible think. Of. And you start thinking, I know, at least in my head, I'm like, damn, these are actually actual people that went and lived through this. I can, I I can only imagine it right. because I'm watching it on screen. I hope I never get put in that situation.
1: Violence, when it when I know that is, um, it, yeah, it's it's rooted in truth, um, a historic film, anything that I know is based on a true story, and something happens, I have been known to get lightheaded or pass out or throw up. I'm, I'm not even kidding. It's good to know the no violence against people. Um, I or people that are getting harmed in any way. I have a hard time with it knowing, but if I know that it's fake, I'm fine with it, which is weird.
0: That's the thing, I mean, I'm a history buff, so I love history, I love learning about it, and the Normandy scene for me was like, okay, well, that's not realistic. I mean, it's realistic, but knowing the history of it and knowing what really happened, you're like, these guys were shooting blind into the beach. They didn't know where they were firing. They didn't know where they were being shot. They didn't know who was shooting them. They were just.
2: I think it was, for more for me it was like watching a bullet tear through somebody and completely rip them apart. Right. I mean, there's just nothing left. You know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's stylized to a point that the film needs to build still be a film. So you're going to have his own little flair on a film. Correct. When you stop and think, like. Yeah, man, you got 50 caliber bullets. If you've ever seen one go through a person and see what it looks like afterwards, that it's not pretty. Well, and that's when the realism. delve into the realism of that, I think that hits a lot h- harder at home with me. Whereas if I'm just watching something like, you know, Pun- say Punisher, right? You know, you're expecting Punisher, you know, I've read all the comics, you're expecting it just to be violent and bloody and like, wow, ah, those are all bad guys. I don't care about them. Um, And so there's a little bit of a disconnect there. Whereas like a couple months ago, I was watching um, the movie Detroit. Okay. And watching, I think the part to me was they had everybody in the hotel lined up against the the wall and the cops are just beating the shit out of them. And I'm just like, and for nothing And you know, one of the guys is a a singer and he just completely beats the guy bloody and basically destroys the guy's life. And that violence hits harder home because you're like, there's that element. You know, it's not 100% true. There's a little bit of fictionalization to it, but it's so much more rooted down to the ground than watching somebody like Punisher just go and take out a bunch of bad guys because there's 20 people coming on to his thing. You kind of brush it aside a little bit more as as you do with watching something like Transformers and watching a city get blown up. You don't think about, you know, there's 10,000 people that just lost their lives there and
0: really horrible. Way. Well, Michael Bay doesn't even give you a chance to let that sink in. I mean, I call it Bayhem, which means just explosions, explosions, crunch, crunch. And he doesn't have any character build up either. Yeah, we don't care about his character. Character development. There is none.
1: But well, we, I feel like this is going to be rolling, actually, right mm-hmm. into our media of the week, okay. which was Divines. Um, it's just a French film. It is. So there were subtitles, which... I had no problems with at all. Um, and it's about uh, two teens that are growing up in uh, low-income housing outside Paris. We have Duana, who was played by Ulaya Amara. I believe that's how you say her name. And then um, Maymuna, is that right? Uh, yes. And she's played by Deborah Lakamina, And these two have... And history together. You feel they have you get to know them, to get to know their friendship. We see how close they are. And then, uh, I don't know, Duana kind of loses her way, I would say. Uh, she
2: she loses her way in, in the way that she thinks she's actually finding her way. Correct. She's desperate. I mean, she sets that right in the beginning. She's, she stands up to the teacher, and she's just like, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to be better than you. I'm going to be better than anybody. And she sets out on that opposite track and it affects everything that goes forward, even though she's trying to hold desperately to the people that were there.
1: But it felt like, look at her life. She went down, she said something out. Oh, do you want me to set the water up for you? I mean, to take a bath, correct? Right. right. Mm-hmm. And to, to even have to go down and, and do that whole thing. I mean, they're showing you how hard her life is. Um, and then her mother and aunt, I believe. I mean, that's the hard life she's she's got.
0: And they did a good job showing it. I mean, like you said before, you can feel that. You can feel the poverty in that film. You can feel the, you know... Wanting to escape. Yeah, and that's what she did. She said, the drug dealer is making money. So let me make enough money to leave this behind and take my friend with me. And that's her whole point. I mean, some people say it's twisted, and it's not. It's just, that's her dream. I don't want to be this way all my life.
1: Plus, she sees the woman. It's a woman doing it. Rebecca. 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 Played...
2: I, Just I have to say that I I thought it was a decent film. But I think it's almost two, possibly three films in one. Um, that kind of, I don't know if the way it was constructed. Um, but you have the whole dancing sequence with the guy that right. she's infatuated with. Is so far outside of everything else in this movie that... It was. I actually, I actually enjoyed those scenes. I loved... When she dropped everything of who she was and she became that, I'm like, I want to see this movie. But there was know, also
1: wh- consequences. Yeah, but they didn't delve
2: too much into that consequence. Yes, I mean, they did.
1: She she couldn't go with him. In the right,
0: and I mean, that's it. But that was but that was a
1: huge. To... That was her ticket out.
0: Yeah, one of them. Who?
1: Well, that's the ticket yeah. I would have wanted. Yes, I know what you mean now. I mean,
0: yeah, it's I mean just to me. Saying.
2: In in whole, it felt like the movie was. A mix of a couple different things that the director wanted and kind of just molded them into something instead of actually focusing on. I it, This movie could have succeeded without that. The dancing sequences.
0: Do you think that her molding everything together worked? Like, do you think that despite it being three or four different movies that it actually blended in a way where it was, did it jar you when it went from da-da-da? I think it was a supposed-
1: I think we're supposed to. I mean, I think you felt that you liked those sequences because that's where you're comfortable. You're comfortable with this life, this theater life. Here's a dancer. Her life is nothing like anything that you've ever even experienced. But you, you've been on stage. I mean, you, that is what you're comfortable with. So you're like, oh, I like this. I, this feels good. But then when all that stuff comes in, that's what I think what we're supposed to feel is, okay, this is a relief. And that's where she wants to go. And we would all want to go there. I mean, she's going to go on tour with him. Who wouldn't want to go on tour with him? And then she's pulled back by these consequences of how she got there with her best friend, who is uh, being held captive, and she has to go save her, which ends up not working. Right. But do you, want to, do you see what I'm saying?
2: Oh, I get what you're saying. I still think it's...
1: You're still not going to back down? No. Okay. <laughs>
0: Well, I recommended this movie. I love French cinema, and uh, it wows me every time I watch it. I try to watch it once a month because it grounds me in the reality that I may have everything in America, but some people do not.
1: You watch this movie once a I month? I do. Once a month. That's <laughs> impressive.
0: It's one of my favorite. I like French films, but this is no, one that stuck with me a very long time. I,
1: I was very happy that I watched it, so thank you for that.
0: It's very natural for me. I mean, it's fluidly like this is real life and i feel like i was watching a documentary at times and Ugh. it just it pulls you it does and everything i've done has a consequence there's a action and there's a consequence there's we're gonna harass the cops and the fire department but then when she really needs them we can't go in there we're not allowed to go in there until we get reinforcement but my friend's dying we cannot go in there because the last time we were here you stoned us and tried to beat us up yeah so Wow. And her friend is trying to be a good girl, and her she friend keeps pulling is. her back in, and then her parents say, stay away from her, stay away from her, and she's still pulled into that, and still wants to be there and support she, her friend. And
1: She's the one that said that God was watching over them. Right. God was going to take care of them. So. And,
2: ugh. Where do you stand on the ending of the movie? I,
1: I um... Meaning, did I like it? Or did I, what did I think about it? I just felt it was so horribly sad is a too lucid word here i don't know it was <laughs> i, I mean think why words.
2: i think why it sticks is because there's no resolution we're stuck with her screaming and that's it after the consequences of what everything that led her to that point who left screaming so we don't know what happens to her after that point
1: what ha- who cares what happens to her I mean, well, yeah. what well, I'm, I'm saying, saying in terms
2: of in cinematic film structure, there is no resolution. It just ends. I
1: mean, think that, that is, to me, that is the resolution. We've seen what happens when you put all these things together. This consequence happened, and then, I mean, I don't think I would have felt about the movie the way I feel about it now. Which was, I, I really took it to heart, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoy is a strange word, but I really did. And seeing that heartbreak. If they would have tried to have some type of resolution at the end and have, I don't know what I would have well, wanted that, to see. Well, that's what that's
2: what I'm point I'm making is the reason the film is strong is because it doesn't have a resolution. Yes. It stops right there. Yes. It's the you putting everything into place that her life is basically in this endless loop of try to get up, fall back down, try to get fall back down.
1: And, and guess then what? She starts. It's
2: all fucked up at the end and. So you're left like, okay, now what happens? What was
1: she saying? What was she saying at the end? She was looking up and saying, please, like she. Begging. She was begging. But who's she talking to? I mean, are we to believe she's talking to God or not?
0: It's whoever you want it to be.
1: It's just, I, I thought...
0: The thing is, Americans have a habit of wanting things tied up. I'm sorry, I'm sounding weird. But uh, no, that's not. the thing about American audiences. We want everything in a nice little bow and ending, right? But Europeans in general just don't care about that. They just... They want you to get... When it's over, it's sweat. over. And they just say, stop right here. And it's good. So... It worked for me. It did. It always does. <laughs> I mean, i ended only happily, but that's a feel-good movie. You know what right. I mean? So... I just love that movie a lot. I just, it's close to yeah. my heart.
1: Well, thank you for recommending it. You're welcome. So I, I definitely think that other people, I have recommended it um, as well. So The Divine's on Netflix right now. Yeah,
2: I, 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 I'm not not recommending it. I'm just saying that,
0: yeah. Are you still stewing with it? Or are you just... no? Are you I to? have my own Where views about stew? films.
2: And I, I think that's just, way it is okay um i i it was a strong film and i thought it was decent it's not the greatest film i've ever seen but i thought it got its point across as to what it was going for Mm. um so it it is a recommendation um and
1: uh (laughs) your body language is very interesting on that one
2: (laughs) i have words coming (laughs) they're not coming out um so yes, you need to like foreign language films. You need to be able to concentrate what's going on on a lot of the speech patterns because there are a couple things in there that you could you could miss um, that are talked about, uh, especially with the drug dealing part and how everybody ties in with them. Um, I've thought about going back and watching this without subtitles and on mute just to see it visually. You should. And, I've and done and it without, of course, you any have. audio.
1: By the way, did you know that, uh, <laughs> I'm going to steal this from you. You should. Okay, did you, did you know that the main character, uh, Duana, her sister is the one that directed it? How old is she? That's what I wanted to know. Because 20s, like she
2: looked like a 14-year-old, I, and then all of a sudden she looked like a 25-year-old. No, I, her see her that, I
1: did not think that. I know that she was trying to look older. She still looked young to me. She looked like a young girl trying to look older, and I think that's what he saw, too.
0: Early She's in her early twenties.
2: The parts where she looked grown up was the dancing part. I'm not talking about I, the part no, I where know. she was the nightclub part. When she went to the dancing parts, that's where she looked grown up to me. She did. She she completely different character to me when she hit that, but. So that wraps up our media of the week, our topic of the week, and now, what's on your radar? What's on your queue? What did you watch, Valerie?
1: What are we wanting to watch?
2: Well, what, what have you watched? Give us a quick um, yes, no, dance around it. What's on your cue?
1: I'm going to see Wormwood on Netflix. Has anybody seen it?
0: No, I've never yet. even heard of it.
1: It's with uh, Peter Sarsgaard. And uh, I know it has something to do with uh, mystery on how somebody lost their father. Um, and it looks very interesting. Yes. And I also want to see. Oh, now it's gone. The Kristen.
0: Kristen Stewart film.
1: The Kristen Stewart film. Please. I'm.
0: Personal gonna... shopper.
1: Thank you. Personal shopper.
0: I love Kristen Stewart.
1: Um, She. I don't. She's come a long way. I don't like her. But in this movie, I think she looks very interesting. So I. The trailer got me. So that's what I'm going to do. This week.
2: And you're also listening to a couple uh, audiobooks?
1: I am. I am. I um, am looking, listening to um, Ready Player One right now, which I am really enjoying, which I'm not really a sci fi fan, but. Will Wheaton. I know. And, um, and then Audible has. Um, Bear Town? Bear Town, which a friend of mine, Leslie, recommended. So I'm going to be trying to get those two down.
2: I'll chime in on Ready Player One. I liked it a lot. Um, I think it was one of the better audiobooks that I've listened to in a very long time. And that's specifically, I think, because the character that Will Wheaton brings to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Steven Spielberg's interpretation of the book.
1: Especially since he puts down Spielberg. But
0: anyway. And let's see. This week I saw Thor Ragnarok. Thor I think is how you pronounce it. Ragnarok. Ragnarok sorry. Or Reckon Rock love that film my wife and I watched that that was a weird one I mean shocker superhero film yes
1: shocker it was good
0: Shockered I mean I was very well. we were laughing and Jeff was so funny it was a good it's just superhero so film. weird Jeff is just it. he does weird things in movies now but Jeff is always surprising me now like um, he's
2: and that was directed by Tiki. Yes. Who directed.
1: Um, you're on first name basis with all your superhero you people. You are. In just your general. audience is he, not.
2: He directed the one with. Uh, I don't
1: know what you're talking about.
0: He's on a. Oh my God. God. They'll come to you. Duh. But yeah, good film. I was impressed. And following that movie, I decided I'm going to go on a uh, Mark Ruffalo kick. So Mark Ruffalo I'd like to go is. On a, Mark Ruffalo. Kick. He's a good actor. <laughs> uh, so that means I'm watching Spotlight again. You can count on me again. I'll be watching Thanks for Sharing, which I didn't really like the first time I watched it because when Paltrow was kind of weird in it, Tim Robbins was good in that movie. And I'll be watching The Normal Heart based on the play.
1: I haven't seen that. Um...
0: Hunt for the Wilder People.
1: (laughs) Have you
2: seen that movie?
0: I have not.
2: Oh, put that high on your list. And then you'll get a newfound respect for... For him as a director.
0: He's done something else too. What else has he done? Just another film I know he's done that I've seen. Uh,
2: he did Boy and What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. Shadows. Hunt for the Wilder People. Phenomenal. I'll look into that. That's got
0: um, uh,
2: Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park in it. That Here's would one be, you
0: should skip. Um, <laughs> Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Yes.
1: Um, skip in the cut. Except maybe watch the first 20 minutes. Okay. With Meg Ryan pretty steamy the movie's pretty terrible but uh that's the first time i saw him i'm
0: also going to be reading some canadian novels because i like french and i like french canadian so i'll be doing scarborough don't mess me up with the pronunciation scarborough is by catherine hernandez and i'll be also reading brother by david Sharandi. so those are coming out soon i'll be buying them and reading them and reviewing them
1: you read your books. I, I love listen. reading. I, I, love. I do too. I just listen to them. Like smelling them. Thank God.
2: So in the last show, I I discussed that I was going to go see Winchester, and it was mainly based on the merits of having Helen Mirren and Jason Clarke in it. I'm not even going to put the effort into doing a review for this. Just skip it. Um, this was a payday movie. This was something that I think they just did because they needed something to put in an extra pool on their property or something. Um <laughs> It had a lot of potential to be something better than it was, and it wasn't, so skip it. Um, a couple weeks ago, I caught um, my next Get Us Needs No Introduction, um, oh, David Letterman. Me too. And season, the f- first season, this is the only season. Yeah. Um, episode one had Barack Obama on it, and aside from having a nice articulate president um, on there, it reminded me how much I miss having David Letterman. Um, there. He's such a great interviewer, and I think he brings the best out of people when he mm-hmm. interviews them. Um, looking forward to the next episode, which has George Clooney in it. I'm not a huge Clooney fan, but I'm a huge fan of what the show is doing and the way it's made. So.
1: I agree. I like the whole interview process. I, I love the new setup. I, I don't know. I like the fact that we're focusing more on the conversation. Everything's
2: stripped away. That was like, it's two chairs sitting on a stage in front of an audience and nothing else. I just... and big old bushy beard dave
1: yeah (laughs) and beautiful barack obama who i miss
2: yeah uh and the other thing i just started just came out yesterday altered carbon on netflix i saw Uh, if you're a blade runner fan it's very blade Hmm. runner-ish very sci-fi very adult um do not have kids in the room when you watch this. Um besides some stuff that in cinematography, just some of the stuff that I just talked about. Uh it's got Joel Kinneman in it. Um very unique, but it's very very well produced. I mean the the CGI is uh, is pretty great. Um I'm a couple episodes deep into it, so i I'm gonna wait to hold off on my review until I watch the series as a whole. Um, and that's typically how I will uh, rate a series is based off a season because of the way arcs usually mm-hmm. tend to
0: happen. Is Joel in Robocop or is that someone else? Um,
2: I don't know. He was Joel Kinnaman's been in a couple things. He was on The Killing.
1: I don't know. The Killing. I love The Killing though. Okay. I'll look it up. That sounds terrible. But The Killing is good.
0: It's a TV show. Right.
2: So, so far that is a see it for me, but. Again, I'll come back to it once the uh, show is done. Um, as for anything else upcoming, I really don't have too much on my queue for a couple weeks. So I'm going to probably in just hood. go back and look and see what else is in the queue because um, I have a really, really long Netflix queue. Some of the stuff is in there for like three, four years that maybe it's time to finally watch it. And so that wraps up our show today. Thank you
0: for joining us. And Tony, where can we find you? I'm on Twitter at... S M T O R C H I O and I'm all over Facebook so just look me up.
2: And Valerie,
1: I'm on Twitter and Instagram at penny lane 64.
2: And you can find me pretty much anywhere as GF Media. Um, if there's a social media site out there, GF Media is typically me. Um, you can find us at culturalstew.net at Cultural Stew Net on Twitter, and Cultural Stew on Facebook. The intro and the break music is Please Listen Carefully by Jazir, which is available through the Creative Commons license from freemusicarchive.org. We're going to take you out on uh, Moving On by Happy Republic, courtesy of Epidemic Sound. If you have any original music and you'd like us to take a listen, possibly share, contact us today. Thank you. Catch you next time. If you've liked what you've heard, please consider sponsoring us on Patreon. Patreon is a creator support system that allows people to support the things they love and creators to continue doing what they love. Head on over to patreon.com slash gfmedia and choose the Cultural Stew podcast levels to show your support for us.
1: I'm Branka Knezhevich. I run a small architecture practice called Plana. When you run your own business, it can be very exhausting. For a building to happen is a lot of hard work. It takes so many people. I've made lots of connections on LinkedIn. Mentors, builders, clients. We contribute to one another, either by sharing information or thoughts. We're helping each other perfect our craft, and I think that's the beauty of it. Build your professional community on LinkedIn. Whatever you're in it for, we're in it together.